In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. St. James writes, Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. This is a sermon about patience, and it is one that I feel singularly unqualified to preach. I used to think that I was a patient man, but then we had children, and they revealed to me that I am not. You laugh, but indeed, it has been one of the principal spiritual struggles of my life these days to be patient. So more than usual, I am preaching first to myself today, and I hope that by God's grace, what I say will be of benefit to you too. Well, after that uncomfortably confessional beginning, let's turn as quickly as we can to what the text says. To put St. James' passage in context, he's just announced the oppressive rich in searing terms. Come now, you rich, he thunders, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Behold, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, they cry out, and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. He does not pull any punches, does he? His denunciation of oppression and injustice resonates with the writings of the prophets and with the Psalms that speak of salvation in terms of a great reversal. As in the Virgin Mary's song, the Magnificat, he hath put down the mighty from their seat and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. St. James himself sums up this whole tradition when he writes in a few verses before our passage that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. It's this expectation of reversal, this conviction that even now God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble, and that on the last day God will do this decisively and finally, this is what leads to St. James's exhortation to patience. Be patient, therefore, brethren, he writes, unto the coming of the Lord. That is, because the Lord Jesus is assuredly coming to judge the world, and in his name all oppression shall cease, therefore, until he appears, we have been given time to be patient. It's this conviction that God actively opposes the proud and actively gives grace to the humble, that grounds St. James's call to patience. And this means that patience is not some kind of fatalistic acquiescence to the injustice of the present order of things. Rather, it's the unflinching belief that the Lord God Almighty has already acted decisively in the death and resurrection of Jesus to conquer sin death, to defeat the forces of darkness and evil, and that even now he is making 
all things new. That whatever the anxieties and convulsions and horrors of our age, whatever the nightmares of history, our, our help remains in the Lord who made heaven and earth. And therefore, in the face of suffering and injustice, in the face of the little woes of our own lives, we need not despair nor give ourselves up to rage at the brokenness of things. Rather, we can be patient. Patient not unlike a figure like Martin Luther King Jr., who steadfastly opposed injustice but suffered patiently for it. We can not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And we can be patient because Jesus is the Lord of all. And as St. Paul says, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. St. James sets out several examples of patience for our reflection. Be patient, he says, like the farmer who plants his crops and then must simply wait until the proper time for the unfolding of that which he cannot control, the ripening of what James calls the precious fruit of the earth. The farmer can sow his seed and water the earth, but there's little else he can do besides wait for the fruition of what will come. Be patient, he also says, like the Lord's prophets, who suffered persecution and were killed for preaching the truth to their contemporaries. A patient like Job, who despite being all but crushed by affliction, did not curse God, and for all his crying out to God in protest, in the end was vindicated. Patient above all like Christ himself, of whom St. James says, ye have seen the end of the Lord, referring to his passion to his being raised from the dead, to his vindication by God. For as the scripture says, Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. And so patient finally, like God himself. God who is full of compassion and mercy, long-suffering, abounding in kindness and forbearance and patience. God the Lord, with whom one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years are as one day, who is not slow in keeping his promises as some count slowness, but is forbearing toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance." Be ye also patient, St. James writes, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. We live in patient expectation of our Lord's appearing. And this is why we read this text in the season of Advent. For if, as another scripture says, the day of the Lord will come like a thief, then what sort of persons ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening coming of the day of God. So there's a certain urgency, too, and a summons to patience. 
because the judge stands at the door, because the coming of the Lord draws near. Well, so far, so good. We have a sense of what St. James means. We know how to read this passage of Scripture. It remains to let the text read us, to apply it to our lives, to apply this text to myself, impatient as I am. And to do this, I want to simply share with you what a soul that is more wiser and holier than I am has had to say about patience. I want to share some of the pastoral advice Gregory the Great gave long ago to both the impatient and the patient alike. For although he lived a long time ago, his insights retain their power. Gregory diagnoses patience in terms of self-control. The impatient are short-tempered. That is, their inner balance is easily upset, precisely because they lack self-control. Or, as Gregory puts it, they fail to curb their spirit. And therefore, when the impatient suffer, they are carried away by a wrathful desire to avenge themselves, so that they end up being led to where they do not wish to go, acting as a different sort of person than they would normally be, even destroying what they would have built up, are left with only regret in the end. The impatient tear down what love, which is patient, would build up. For me, that description cuts close to the bone. A key text for Gregory in thinking about patience comes from Proverbs, Proverbs 16.32, which reads, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Gregory comments on this passage that the soul conquers and subdues itself when patience compels it to control itself from within. So, to be impatient is to lack self-control, to be blown about by the winds of passion. On the other hand, to be patient is to control myself, to rule my own spirit, to have a disciplined heart. Gregory also notes that the impatient soul tends to be arrogant. And this does not surprise me in the least. For when I lose patience, it's because something or someone has remained unmoved by my will, like my children ignoring my commands. And this provokes my wrath, because I assume in my ignorance that nothing should hinder my will, that nothing should stand in the way of my desire, that I should get what I want. But it is not so with the patient. Patience, Gregory says, humbles the mind to endure adversity. Humility, then, is the root of patience. Those who are patient do not fret themselves when they are harmed or when their will is hindered because they do not make much of themselves. Gregory also has 
some words to say to those who are patient. He warns them not to give way to self-pity. And he calls them to guard against wrath or malice coming in unawares. He points out that you might initially control yourself when someone wrongs you, initially respond with patience, but then later find yourself returning to the offense in your mind and going over it and over it again and ending up seething with malice towards the person who wronged you. As Gregory puts it, the devil seeks to provoke the patient man with secret suggestions. He says in a moment of stillness, the devil returns and reminds him of the temporal harm or the darts of insult that he endured by grossly exaggerating the harm that was suffered. He makes it appear that it was an intolerable injustice. And so the devil leads the mind into great sorrow to the point where a man who is typically patient is embarrassed to have endured the initial evil with such equanimity and despairs that he did not return the insults. Such a man then looks for the occasion to repay the injustice. That sounds familiar to me. I wonder if it does to you. In the end, I will not become patient by trying to be patient. For patience is ultimately the gift of God. It's what the Holy Spirit produces in human hearts, what he brings to fruition. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. These are what God causes to grow. If they are absent from my life, it means that 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 far I am turned away from God, turned towards myself, and I can only repent and turn away from myself and turn back to God. Back, that is, to the patient one, who is full of compassion and mercy, long-suffering, rich in kindness and forbearance, whose patience is our salvation, who is forbearing toward you, toward me, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And so what is there to do but to repent? To pray as we do today. Stir up thy power, O God, and with great might come among us. And because we are sorely hindered by our sins, let thy bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.